Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates every single morning those people, so many people who are making Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Really, really uh, glad you joined us today. Again, I've, I've said this many times over the past few weeks, but the numbers for uh, Coast View continue to be very strong. Uh, we get we get a lot of insight through the social media, and I'm uh, I'm really I'm really thrilled that we we uh, have had so much engagement and and people are really connecting with the show. In fact, uh, Josh Morgan, who is the top hurricane chaser in the world who is a really good friend who lives in L.A. half the time, and he's building a house now in Bay St. Louis called the Hurricane House, was uh, was here the last couple of days, and he was meeting with his builder and his architect. He's got a lot of, uh, of, of companies that are really engaged with being his partner because they want to be part of making Hurricane House a real hurricane house. And so it's going to be sort of a demonstration project. And uh, one of the guys that he was meeting with uh, was someone who listened to the show on a regular basis. So if you're listening now and you were in that meeting with Josh Morgan, I don't know what your name is. Maybe you can send us a note and reveal yourself. But you have some kind things to say about the show and the show that we had with Josh recently. Incidentally, I posted this morning, actually yesterday morning, at the Coastview uh, Facebook site, uh, a recommendation. Uh, in the show that we had with Josh last week, we talked about the new show on um, on Weather Spy. Weather Spy. It's an app you can get on Apple TV or Roku, whatever. And uh, it's a new new uh, series called Mission Hurricane, where they're looking back at some of his most dramatic uh, 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 chases. The first one, the 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 very first one, which is sort of a test. Uh, uh, run of the of the of the show was done about six months ago, and it was a uh, hurricane high and in the Philippines. Really, really terrific job of of talking about how Josh somehow positions himself in the middle of these eyes around the world. And uh, the most recent uh, sort of unveiling over the weekend, Sunday, in fact, my wife Ann and I watched it. It was about his uh, incredible. Uh, chase of Hurricane Patricia, Patricia in um, in Mexico. Man, it was it was an incredible incredible uh, show. But if you uh, if you're interested in those kind of, kinds of things, I would really encourage you to download the Weather Spy app and go watch Mission Hurricane. They'll I think they'll be downloading a new show every every week, and uh, it's really really good. And Josh. Josh is the man, and when he talks about Coastal Mississippi now, he does it so affectionately. He fell in love with this place. So when he posts about living here, he's literally talking to the world. He has fans in, in Australia and New Zealand and Europe. It's, uh, he, he really kind of covers the world in, in, his, uh, in the way he engages people. Uh, I want to bring my next guest on into the conversation, and, uh, and then we'll talk more about 
what they are up to and what this new partnership I'm about to tell you about led to. But before we go any further, I want to invite um, Jace Payne who works with the city of uh, Gulfport, will remind you what he does there. He's involved with Coach Young Professionals, which is uh, sort of a subset of the Coach Chamber, and he's a good friend of Coach View. How you doing, Jace? Good morning, Ricky. Thank you for having me back. It's good to see you, my friend. Uh, Jace, you you know, really part of of a team of young leaders in Coastal Mississippi that are really working hard to try to make Coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play, especially for young people. If we don't do that well, we will continue to deal with a, a challenge that we've had for, for many years, probably the, for the history of Coastal Mississippi, for, for a matter of fact, and it is that there is brain drain. Some of our best and brightest may end up having to lead this community. What's great about the work that Coach Young Professionals is engaged in these days is that you know many of them are already le- very significant leaders in the community. They, they very much are experiencing and leading in very significant ways things that are improving Coastal Mississippi. These are the leaders that, that I've referred to before as Jace has referred to in past shows. They're next up. These are the ones that are going to be leading the Coast Chamber, the Business Council, and other organizations here in Coastal Mississippi. And uh, Coach Young Professionals is really, really focused on that. I'm really pleased to announce, though, that Coach Young Professionals, the Coast Chamber, and uh, Super Talk Mississippi News have formed a partnership where the Coach Young Professionals are going to be writing a regular column for the Super Talk Mississippi News site. And Jace wrote the very first one on April the 3rd. And the name of it is, is the name of the column is Next Up. And then and the headline for the column that Jace wrote is uh, emerging leaders stepping forward to drive Mississippi's diverse economy. We're going to talk more about that column here in just a minute, but before we, uh, we we start to get into all of that, thought it might be a good idea to first of all remind you what Jace does in his day job. So let's talk about that first, Jace, and then uh, then we'll talk about CYP, and then we'll go from there. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm the public information officer and marketing manager for the city, and so uh, from being the, the spokesperson for Mayor Hughes and the administration, uh, all the way to handling all of our branding, advertising, social media, um, you know, really brand control for the city, for the city, as well as internal and external communications, um, you know, community relations, um, you know, wear a few hats, but uh, passionate about Gulfport, passionate about this coast, and proud to be doing what I'm doing. Hey, listen, Jace. I went to uh, to visit uh, um, my mother the other day, and uh, was on Highway 90, and went underneath the new overpass. Uh, right there, for people who have not been to Gulfport in a while, there's an overpass that will be connecting the Mississippi Aquarium to Jones Park, and it's. I love the design of it. Incidentally, it's 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 different than what you would normally see, but it sure is good to see that coming to fruition, isn't it? It is. And it's happened very quickly. Uh, you know, we've been it's awesome to, to watch, uh, especially a government project. You know, as we all know, sometimes those can lag on due to the process and processes and legalities that, that go into play. Uh, but they're doing a great job. And from Ely Guild's Ely Guild Hardy's, uh, you know, the structure that they, they designed and have built uh, to the subcontractors that are working on it. It's it's been every day we, we drop past it and it's great to see it uh, coming to life. Yeah, it really is. Uh, just in general, though, it's a great time to be in the city of Gulfport. Just seems like on every dimension, something cool is happening. Yeah, you know, from that tram bridge that we hope to be opening, uh, you know, soon, 
uh, every day and, and hoping for good weather this summer. They'll be able to, to keep moving and get the, the uh, tram bridge open even quicker. Uh, you know, but uh, here soon we've got Cinema by the Shore starts. That's in Jones Park where we do a movie night with the family. Uh, you know, and it's coast wide. We have people from the Tri-County area that come to Jones Park, probably average 500 to 800 people and up that come to Jones Park for a few hours, enjoy movie night, enjoy local vendors. Um, so that starts uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then we move into Shandy Fest. And then we move into, uh, you know, our summertime activities with Memorial Day, 4th of July. Uh, and then before you know it, Cruising the Coast is here. Uh, and, and View the Cruise is always a huge event, draws tens of thousands of people to downtown Gulfport. Uh, and then, of course, we have Harbor Lights that, that rounds out the year for us, plus our Gumbo Fest that so we had a, a kickoff year last year and had a, had a great time. And the rain, uh, you know, kind of made our schedule a little bit tighter, but uh, it was good because we ran out of gumbo in a, in a couple hours because the crowds were so well. And so uh, it was kind of a, a, a double-edged sword, but a very good one. So we're looking, looking forward to another great year. But we've also got a lot of great things happening, you know, internally. And uh, we, we continue every single day, Mayor Hughes and, and, and Leonard Papania and council leadership, you know, we continue to strive to make this city a better place. We continue to strive to make sure that our employees know uh, that, that not only they can stay engaged, but also look for that development, look for that development in their departments, look for the development for the city standpoint. And so um, a lot of great things happening in Gulfport. And uh, one last thing before we move on, just to remind people who may not know Jace or may not have heard us talk before, Jace comes from a, a family of public servants. I mean, significant public, generational public servants. Give people a sense of that connectivity. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm really the only male in the family that hasn't gone into law enforcement. Uh, you know, I kind of carved my own path. But, uh, you know, dad was, was chief of police at Gulfport for, for 10, 11 years. I uh, was the sheriff of Harrison County for eight and, uh, you know, I've had multiple cousins who uh, have, have been in leadership positions from Wendy Sweatman and being Harrison County Board of Supervisor president to everything he's done uh, philanthrop philanthropically in the community, as well as uh, his mother and my aunt Cindy with Sweatman Security. Um, you know, uh, Uncle Bob and Uncle Tom have both been, uh, you know, county prosecutors and attorneys. Uh, as well as uh, Tom led the uh, criminal justice program at USM for years. And so, um, you know, to all of the cousins that are either nurses, teachers, police officers, um, you know, recently we, uh, we had the milestone of it kind of, it's kind of a negative milestone for, for my sake, uh, because I'm not in the police world, but uh, for the first time in a hundred years, there has not been a pain in the Gulfport Police Department. But um, I'm, I'm the first to, uh, to to be in City Hall and be on the administrative side. And so uh, Leonard Papania gave me a, a very cool uh, welcoming gift when I started back with the city. Uh, he gave me a picture of, of John Payne, who I'm actually named after on the steps of City Hall. And he was the first police chief of the city of Gulfport. That is incredible. You, you get a sense that, that um, public servants service is built into Jace's uh, DNA. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jace Payne. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my, my friend uh, Jace Payne. In just a, a few minutes, we're going to be talking about a, a, a column that he wrote, the first of, of a new column that Super Talk Mississippi News has called Next Up, and we'll talk about it here in just a second. Hey, during the break, though, Jace, I just want to make sure we don't lose sight of this one. Uh, during the break, Jace pointed out to me that we spent all of that time talking about the pain side of the family, but let's not let's not lose your you know the fact that your mother and uh, your your grandfather give a sense of that. So uh, on, on, on my mom's side of the family, the Littles, uh, my, my grandfather was the first coroner for Harrison County. Uh, and then my grandmother, after my, my grandfather um, was not in that role and, and you know, was, was passing in life, took on as the coroner. And so, you know, the public service on both sides of the family is a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, and a lot of people can look at that and, and try and make a negative out of it, you know, to be honest with you. But at the same time, um, when you look at what public service really is, and especially in 2023 and in today's world, um, it's not sexy. It's not something that, uh, you know, people would, would necessarily try to break into. Uh, it, take, it takes a servant's heart. You know, it really does. And, and uh, I was raised under this community from, you know, dad being police chief to, uh, you know, when we walked every street of Harrison County in his first campaign and I was in fifth grade. And so I got to learn so much, speak to so many people from every walk of life. Um, and really all of my public relations success, successes have, have come from learning my entire life about this community, the people in the community, the issues, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so um, it's, it's really been a, a full circle and, and it's really cool. So, okay, look, I hope I get, remember this well. Uh, was your grandfather's name Ed? Edgar, yes, sir, yeah, yeah, Ed, Ed Little, yeah. He, listen, I, when I was a paramedic, um, unfortunately, when you're a paramedic, you have to you have to deal with death, and um, so I was in a many a corner inquest with uh, Ed Little along the way, and I remember him being incredibly good with families. He was just really, really good with families, and uh, which included my own father along the way. I might add so. Um, you know, I never thought as a paramedic being in all those inquests with Ed Little that one day I would have to deal with Ed Little on my own, my own father. But right. he was, you know, I got to personally experience the way he had this sort of outpouring of support in the in the role that he did. And then, of course, your grandmother came along. And then and then along the way, our friend Gary Hargrove, who I, I used to work with at Mobile Medic. And, of course, he was he would uh, he was a fireman, but he also. I uh, did some moonlighting at Mobile Medic at the time, but, which is now AMR, but um, got to know him extremely well. And uh, you know, it's hard to believe Gary's no longer with us, isn't it? Isn't it? It is. You know, uh, he's, he was with us for so long. You still, you know, when you think of the Harrison County Coroner's Office, you think of Gary. Uh, you know, and so he he put his uh, his stamp and his legacy in this county and in the service. And, uh, well, you know, that, that is one that will be hard to touch. I'll say that. Yeah, it's incredible. If I think back at people that I wish, you know, there are a lot of people who have passed that I'd love to have on the show. You know, that I wish Gary's one that I would love to visit with him. He's seen so much change and the work, the work around the coroner's office and this connection to Jackson and, uh, the, the, just, 
trying to do a professional job at making sure we understand all that for criminal reasons and otherwise, he right. just was was really a leader in that community. So, so Jason, um, before we get into your column, let's talk a little bit about Coach Young Professionals for people who don't know about it and its connection to the Coach Chamber. So Coach Young Professionals is a subsidiary of the Coach Chamber. And really, uh, it was started by uh, a, a group of current leaders, Kimberly Nastasi, Kristen Duhay, uh, I'm going to leave off a lot of people who I'll hear about at the next chamber board meeting. But, uh, you know, just so many people that have an impact on my life personally. And, and I've reached out to these people, um, you know, with any career move that I have made just to get that guidance and to ask questions and, and to see, uh, you know, what they did, what they thought. Give me positive feedback, negative feedback. But the, the entire CYP platform was to develop young professionals and young leaders in the community that would essentially be groomed to move into the chamber and move into chamber leadership and move into the, the chamber boards and also all the other boards uh, that we have across the community, the United Ways, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the Salvation Army boards, and, and this and that. And so, um, you know, we not only try and develop, we have professional development opportunities. We just got done with one with Joy Socher at Mississippi Power. Uh, which was powerful. She's always a great speaker. Uh, we also have networking events. And, and, you know, really one of the bigger things for me with Coach Young Professionals is not necessarily the, uh, the business side and trying to connect the dots as far as industries, but it's really fellowship and, and making sure that young people on the coast understand that there are business savvy, but also people their age, people that have common qualities, common values, and, and, and really that insight into the community if they've just moved in. Uh, to the coast, Coach Young Professionals is an incredible opportunity to get engaged, get involved, and then you know have a group of people that you can reach out to and learn more about the coast. Uh, and so, from you know the chamber side of things to to what we do on a daily basis, we had a board meeting this morning uh, that I got out of right before I, I came to join you. And so, um, you know, we uh, we are dedicated to making sure that. Uh, not only the, the, the new people arriving on the coast, but the people that have been here that want to be engaged. We have development opportunities for you. We have uh, networking opportunities for you. And then we also just have fellowship that, that, that is here for you. Uh, and so it's, it's a great, great group. I've been on the board for oh, six, seven years now and, and, and proud to be the chairman with all these, uh, all these young leaders. Well, you mentioned Kimber Kimberly Nastasi and uh, Kimberly, and I had, as you as you know, we had a really good and close relationship. When I was publisher of the Sun Herald, uh, we had a mentor-mentee relationship, and it was clear to me very, very early in our conversations that she was going, to, you know, she was going to continue to develop in her role at the chamber. But you know, who, the sky was really the limit. She goes right. to Ingalls in a key role. Most most recently, was named a vice president there. And you're not surprised to see that at all. I know that people are incredibly proud of her. She's developed all these networks along the way so that when she yeah. got that promotion, people came out of the woodwork to congratulate her. But you weren't surprised to see that, were you? No, no. And, you know, that that's just uh, it, it's funny. You can see the drive in her and everything she does uh, and, and the grit that she's going to bring to the game. And, and from rebranding angles to they, they've got an all star team over there as far as, you know, her team and, and what they do. Um, you know, it's incredible uh, to, to see her work and to see her team's work, um, you know, and then rounding back, I, as I was thinking about it, you know, we, Eric Chambliss, 
as well as Sam Sandoz and, and all these other leaders, you know, that they happen to be in the banking industry, but look at where they are now. And they helped start Coach Young Professionals. They were, they were there in the very beginning. And so, uh, so many more people, but that's the testament to what we do and what CYP is about is that you start here and then you just work your way up and you, you have the connections to the chamber. You have the connections to all the leaders and stakeholders in the community. And that drives you to a good future here. It's exciting. Hey, in fact, when I had um, my conversation with Kimberly back, it's been over a year ago. So I'm going to have her back on soon to talk about how life has been for her since she moved over to Ingalls. But uh, I actually shared two quotes that tie in really well to what we're about to talk about. But one of them was a quote from Harvey Firestone, and it, and it said this, or he said this, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. It really is. I mean, it's we, as I've said so many times, I've said it in every speech that I've given recently, that one of our most important I would say goals, but it has to be aspirations as well, is that we realize that we can never have enough leaders. We need more leaders. We need more people who get the big picture. And um, that's got to be one of the highest callings of every major organization in coastal Mississippi. And the other one was from Martin Luther King Jr. when he said this, a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Gosh, man, that's so important. You think about the kind of conversations you guys have in CYP about what we need to be aligning around and how we can develop consensus around those visions. It's, gosh, it's so important. So um, so anyway, so we developed this, this great relationship between CYP Coast Young Professionals, the Coast Chamber, and uh, Super Talk Mississippi Media News. And uh, so they'll be writing this regular column called Next Up. And uh, so you get you get the first cut at that. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, I was proud to, to kick us off and, uh, you know, eager to write about it. I'd already had, um, you know, me being in, in public relations and, and communications. I always have talking points ready. Uh, yeah. and so, you know, I had a, a good bit of that that I was able to fine tune and, and, and tweak, um, you know, and and. It's funny, you know, we want to make sure uh, that article could have been, as you know, Ricky, 10,000 words, Um, you know, condensing it to, I think it ended up being between 650 and 800 words. Um, You know, that's the tougher part and making sure that your message is uh, is strong in in that, you know, two to three minute read. Um, But I was proud to kick us off. And I think it's an important message because if you're not mentoring a, a young professional right now, grab a hold of one and, and, and begin that relationship because when, when all of your hard work is ready to retire and you're ready to go off and, and have that next phase of your life, there has to be that next up leader. And we've got them right here. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, the column he wrote entitled Emerging Leaders Stepping Forward to Drive Mississippi's Diverse Economy with Jace Payne. We'll see you after this, after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jace Payne, who works with the city of Guthport, and he's heavily involved in the Coast Young Professionals, which is a really a subset of the Coast Chamber. And uh, I think that you know this team does such a really good job of, of keeping the focus on you know experiential. I mean, really getting as much experience, bringing leaders into the conversation, and focus on leadership development. Um, I mean, these we can, you know, when we there's a difference between emerging leaders, because in the cases of Coach Young professionals, we're talking about professionals that are already already out there and they're leaders. They're doing amazing things in the community. So, so while some may be emerging leaders and they are emerging significant leaders, that's why we refer to the column as next up because it's these are the people who their next step is to lead some of these major organizations. So they're they're heavily engaged. And uh, so I, I would say they're they're pretty darn far along in their leadership development. So in this column that you wrote, Jace, the next step column, the first next step column for Super Talk Mississippi News, emerging leaders stepping forward to drive Mississippi's diverse economy. Can give a sense of, of the of what what you wrote about. So in that column, I, I really tried to zone in on, you know, the next up leaders. I was talking to Gerard yesterday, and I think a little bit of the column. I won't say got confused, but, you know, the emerging side of it was essentially, if you don't know these people, they're already here and they're already leading, you know? And so for those that may not be as involved in the coastal community with this being a statewide audience and this article, uh, you know, from what y'all are able to do with us at Supertalk, you know, taking, taking us out of Mississippi as well, uh, you know, really wanted to give that lead in to what the article is about. But the article is really about, uh, you know, millennials as well as Gen Z uh, that are just stepping up to the plate. They're already in leadership positions and what they're doing. Uh, my chair elect for Coach Young Professionals, Christian Hartley, is the president of, of the Jackson County uh, market for Cadence Bank. And so uh, we also have entrepreneurs on our board. We uh, I had a, a board member today that said she uh, just got promoted to assistant vice president, Hancock Whitney. And so, you know, we truly have a great group of people that uh, I really just wanted to take everything and try and bundle it into an 800-word article um, and also at the same time really try to reach uh, our stakeholders and our leaders that that may not have looked at their younger talent in, in that sort of mentorship or next up, uh, you know, phase. And so, um, you know, Ashley Edwards, I, I, I've gone through the Business Council's master's program twice, and even though Ashley's moved on and, and uh, we have Jamie now who's doing a great job. Uh, Ashley kind of really uh, made me uh, addicted to the data and the analytics that go into, uh, you know, all of this, uh, all of these phases of the workforce. And so, you know, Duluth put out a study and uh, by 2025, 75% of the U.S. workforce will be young professionals. And that is Gen Z and millennials. And that is a huge chunk. I mean, that, you know, and that's not far away. That's two years away. And so, we have to prepare now. And I think that the coast, we do a great job at developing our young leaders and we have the opportunities for them to be developed. But at the same time, there are other opportunities uh, and, and there are people that, that need to grab them and make sure that, you know, from the, from a, from the boomer standpoint, you know, the, the grit and knowledge and, and all of the background that you can give to a millennial or, or someone younger that really has the tech experience. You know, I was telling Gerard yesterday, my first phone was a Nokia brick. You know, you could throw it at a wall and it would not break. Uh, it only had one game and that was the snake game. Uh, and so, you know, now I've got, 
the iPhone 14 Pro, you know, uh, for, you know, the marketing purposes of got, we, we have been trained in this tech economy in this tech life. You know, we've also, uh, our age group has been through multiple different economies, recessions. Uh, we've been through Hurricane Katrina. We've been through multiple hurricanes down here. Uh, you know, so we have gone through a lot, especially in Mississippi and, and, and specifically on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, to continue to, to stay here and develop and, and really bring the economy back and then be the future of the economy. What we've got going on with the blue economy and what that's about to drive into the coast, not just Gulfport, we, we have the Roger Wicker Center of Excellence and the, the Port of Gulfport is going to be a huge hub for all of that. But what they're already doing at NASA and in Stennis and, and, and at Ingalls and in Pascagoula, um, it's huge. And, and that is just going to be a, a driver of talent into our area as well as all the other sectors that we already have. It is, uh, it is very significant. It's interesting when you guys get together and talk and you think about brain drain. I bet, I mean, you know, you probably, I, I'm sure that at some point you guys are probably end up writing a column about this, but you think about uh, conversations that you and I have had offline before. We have to, we, we have to, first of all, we have to build the kind of places they want to live, you know, and young people in the new economy want to live, work, and play in a similar area. So having walkable communities and mixed use, sort of the direction that, that Gulfport and Biloxi and the Ocean Springs and Pascagoula, and basically, it was all all these or all these cities going to this. You got to build the kind of places they want to come, and they have to be affordable. I mean, one right. it's interesting because after Hurricane Katrina, we had a, we had a very significant effort around affordable housing. And the more we thought about it, the more we realized it needed to be it needed to be its own entity. And then when we formed the Coast Business Council, we continued to talk about that. Um, that's when the Renaissance Corporation was formed, and and so on. But to some extent, we got to get the conversation back to that again. We got to get the conversation back to affordable living because, man, that's a major issue, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and you know, young professionals are, are myself personally, student loans. Um, you know, I'm, I turned 34 on Friday, but I just bought my first house. And so uh, we're in the middle of doing that right now. And so, um, but that's also through a lot of trials and tribulations, you know, and, and I don't, feel that's a stain on on me personally uh my my uh story goes from being in the film industry for three years in mississippi uh to being in sales to working for wendy for a little bit you know while i was in a transition to being in government for three years to to being in marketing and advertising leadership positions for two and then back for the city and so uh you know i've worked across the board um but at the same time you know from uh from the student loan standpoint uh, it does hinder us. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people and it's a hot button topic as far as student loans nationwide and what the, the current administration was planning to do. But at the same time, when you look at the math and when you look at the data, what the argument is, is it's 186 percent higher than when I went to college than, you know, when, when other people before 1990 uh, went to college. It was just astronomically different. Um, and, and that goes into everything that's going on now. That num that percentage and numbers have continued to rise. And so Gen Z is going to be dealing with the same thing. Um, interestingly enough, they have a they've seen millennials and what we've gone through, uh, you know, really being the leaders in the, in the tech development side of things 
and they they have a, a more entrepreneurial mindset. You know, they have seen us go into the corporate world. They've seen us go into uh, entrepreneurship ourselves, or uh, you know, go into city government per se. Um, and they get to fine tune, you know, kind of what we went through and start their own thing. And so it's been fascinating to watch. Truly has been. And and in coastal communities like ours, you, you start thinking about co- the cost, of, the rising cost of flood insurance as, as it works toward being actuarially sound. And frankly, if they don't, if they don't do something to change where it's headed, the cost of flood insurance for coastal Mississippians over the next ten years are going to it's going to be dramatic, yeah. and for for businesses as well. And then, uh, and just you know, wind wind coverage, and Anne and I often say this. I, I mean, thank God that I had success in my life. But we wonder, you know, with these mounting costs, how long can the average person handle that? I mean, and young people are still, you know, you're still, you're working to make ends meet. And um, now, the, on the positive side of that, and all these things are true, and these are these are unfortunate attributes of, of being in a coastal community. But but the but the reality of coastal Mississippi relative to the rest of the rest of the the United States is that we are still one of the most affordable coastal communities in the United States. That's a competitive advantage for us, and that's why I think it's great that we have mayors across the coast that are really focused on building the kind of places where young people will want to live. And uh, so it's a double-edged sword, man. Every time you, you, know, you see a little bit of a challenge, you say, "Well, look where we stand." And but then you see another. Right. But we, you know, this is this is where we stand. Um, there, there's just a lot to think about, isn't there? There is, there is, and you know, we uh, we continually Gulfport and Biloxi, um, and, and really our Gulfport, Biloxi, Pascagoula metro market get ranked in the top five for affordable living beach towns every <laughs> single year by SmartAsset.com. And, you know, Biloxi and Gulfport, we, we've gone, uh, you know, kind of tit for tat on second and third and first place. But that's huge. That's huge. Nationwide, we have the most affordable beach towns in America. And that is just that's a huge selling point. We have to continue to do that. Um, you know, I was in a meeting yesterday uh, with uh, coastal mayors, uh, Mayor Billy Hughes and, and all the mayors come together, try to once a quarter or once a year. Um, and, you know, they, they actually were just kind of discussing, you know, hey, we sell tourism great, but we've got to sell our, our livability better. And that was interesting to me, working fr- working in tourism for uh, a period of time to having tourism clients to doing what I'm doing now, which tourism is a huge part of our success here in Gulfport and the entire coast. It's our main driver. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jace Payne uh, with uh, City of Gulfport and Coach Young Professionals. We'll see you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jace Payne, who is with the city of Gulfport, but he's a leader in the Coast Young Professional Organization, and he wrote a new column that's a, a new partnership between the Coast Chamber, Coast Young Professionals, and Super Talk Mississippi News, and uh, it's, it's called Next Up. So it will be it will be leaders who are part of Coast Young Professionals each writing columns about 
some perspective around either leadership development or how to stop brain drain or any number of things, some of the things that we've been talking about on this conversation with Jace. But, you know, Jace, I look back at my career and I was extremely lucky because Roland Weeks was the publisher of the Sun-Herald and he's, he's the man who sort of embraced me and let me get up underneath his wing. I often say he, he made me a director of the, at the company when I was in my 20s. And, you know, that was back in the 80s before you were born, I guess. Um, but, you know, the thought that he did that back then, it's amazing to me, man. I mean, because, I, I mean, you see young people getting those kind of opportunities today, but back in those days, it was highly unusual. But Roland was that kind of a leader. He believed in development in ways that I, I can't, if I were to list everything that he sent me to over the course of my career, Tulane a couple of times, University of Chicago a couple of times, American Press Institute three or four times, Cornell University, Northwestern University to a year-long leadership program they had there at the Media Management Center. Seven people from seven countries were there. I could just go on. I mean, one. this is what, but then that was sort of the formal training side of what Roland wanted me to participate in. The other was experiential. He wanted me active in the community, and he didn't want me just to be in the chamber. He wanted me to lead the chamber. If he didn't want me just in United Way, he wants me to be a leader in United Way, and and so on and so on. Something that, that John Harrison, you mentioned his name a minute ago, but John said on my show that I thought was really, really important, that you just don't decide you're going to go be the chairman of the Coast Business Council. That's not the way it works. You have to flex muscles. So you, you get involved and you work your way up into that organization. But the experiential thing, and then you once you sort of master that organization, then you move over to this organization over here and you lend the, the evolving leadership you're able to provide because you've had these experiences to help lead that organization. Then you can go lead another one. But if I were to if I were to sort of do a survey of Coast Young professional leaders who those who are involved in your organization Man, they've led a bunch of different organizations. They they define what John Hairston talked about as people who are flexing muscles and getting ready to be that next step. But again, you just don't arrive. You you have to be engaged, and experiential is a big part of that, isn't it? It is. You've got to put the work in. You have to put the work in, and people see that, and people are attracted to that, and leaders are attracted to that, and that's really where you grow the workforce. You know, at the end of the uh, opinion that I wrote, the way that we retain our talent, our best way to retain talent is to invest in the growth of young professionals and to make sure that they understand, uh, you know, that roadmap, understand the roadmap of where they're at now or where they can be in the future. You know, if you don't have a, a mastermind group per se personally, then you should have one at work and they need to be leading uh, you know, leading the way and, and ask, ask questions, ask where you, where you want to be in two to three years. Where do you, where does your boss, you know, think you need to be in two to three years? Because it's not a lot of times you'll get to that personal connection, you know, and especially in questions like that, because if you're with somebody for a very long time, you're not going to be there for a long time unless you're happy at some point. And unless you see people that are investing in you and that make you happy in your work, um, and so we have to make sure that the talent that we want to keep here, that we continue to let them know, here's how I'm going to invest in you and your professional development and in your personal development. And here is your role and here is your goal here. 
you know, here is your end goal as far as I'm concerned. You know, once I'm gone, here's where I think you need to be. Um, and that is that is what we do. And then organically from the young leadership that will continue to, to rise up, then that will give us more opportunity to, to drive new talent into the market. And so it, it, it all coincides with one another. And it's it's. I think we're doing a great job, but we've got we've got more work to do. Well, here's how here's how we just a practical sense. If you own a business or you're an entrepreneur, you're a corporate leader, maybe you're involved in a, a nonprofit in coastal Mississippi. I would say redouble your effort to identify people inside your organization that can benefit from having some role outside your organization. And Rowling often said that publishers wear three hats. You have the fiduciary responsibility of the business, the financial responsibility for that. You have the First Amendment obligation that has to do with being being a journalistic organization. And third, you're a community leader. Now, those are going those are to sometimes be in conflict with one another, but the reality is the more time you spend in the community, the better you're going to be in your in your job. Well, the same thing applies to you, Jace. I mean, when you're dealing with Leonard Papania or the mayor, uh, they, they see a direct correlation between your involvement in the community and you being a better uh, marketing person, head of marketing for the city of of, of uh, Guphorn. That would be true in any anyone's role. The more active your employees are in the community, more you're able to sort of connect your business to the community. There's there's a business uh, goal that's met as a result of it, but I would encourage you to do that. Anyway, listen, Jace, we're out of time, but thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled that, that Super Talk Mississippi Media News and uh, the Coach Young Professionals and Coach Chamber are engaged in this, and there's a lot to the, the, the snowballing effect of writing these columns will, will accrue in a very positive ways, not just for Coastal Mississippi, but for the entire state of Mississippi. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, and thank you for leading us up. Appreciate it. It has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.